Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We are so thrilled to be in your car or maybe at your gym. Just kidding, gyms aren't open. On your walk or perhaps while you're doing some online work or maybe you're procrastinating. Whatever you're doing right now, we are happy to be with you. And I want you guys to know that there's a lot going on in the world, which we'll get into here in a little bit, um, per usual our style. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Shit's Greek because it is <laughs> the greatest show that has ever been written on television, number one. That's that's, that's what you need to know. So Number funny. two, it's my third time going through the show. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, they just swept the Emmys, which was so well-deserved. I was so happy. It is just, it's this great story. If you don't know anything about it, it's a good Canadian show. And it swept the Emmys because it's these folks who lived in this lavish lifestyle in Manhattan. They own businesses. They had, you know, like huge homes, and which is not a thing in Manhattan, by the way. You have to be like uber rich to have that. And they had, you know, traveling all the time, all these crazy things happening. And then all of a sudden, sudden they lose everything and the only thing they have left is this little town called Shit's Creek which they bought as a joke because of the name so they have to all move into a motel and figure out life there and it's a beautiful hilarious commentary on life on rural versus urban on rich versus poor on expectations relationships I mean there's so much good stuff in there I can't even tell you so anywho that is making my life better that is saving my life this week <laughs> I'm back in season four which is awesome so yes I've gone through four seasons um already and maybe the last like two or three weeks and it's been wonderful Tiffany anything saving your life right now you know what I do want to tell you what's saving my life thank you for (laughs) wording it in such a manner number one chamomile tea puck of tea is my absolute favorite tea it's a British tea brand, and I recently found it at Target. And I was like, Target, Amazing. you just keep showing up. You just keep showing up for me, and I'm so grateful. Next is that I think it's called – it's an Instagram handle called Liturgies for Parents. I nice. Think it's called. Oh, my gosh. It, it will bless you. I'm going to put that in the show notes, y'all, because we Please. all could use a little encouragement. Um, just various liturgies, just simple ones. One-liner inhale, one-liner exhale liturgies. Um, the other thing that has been blessing my life in the last 24 hours, last 12 hours, <laughs> is um, an episode on comedians and cars getting coffee. And it is with <laughs> a guy named Sebastian. Don't know the last name because it's real long, but he's Italian. And it's, it's. I feel like it's a comedian that I'm like, I should know this person. How do I not know this person? And even my husband was like, oh, my mentor is always telling me, like, you should watch this guy's stuff. He's so funny. So this guy talked about how the different generations handle things and how him and his wife handle things differently. And he's talking to Jerry Seinfeld about this. And he said, because <laughs> they had a raccoon problem at their house. And so he decided. <laughs> I've been there. That's a in LA, they live have. in Los Angeles. They live in Los Angeles. You've had this car? Dear Jesus, <laughs> where have you lived? Woman, please. Okay. So he, tagged, he tagged the raccoon with orange spray paint. Ah, <laughs> no. <laughs> and he said, and he called the exterminator. He's like, $75. He says, apparently they capture them and they take them up to Malibu and release them in the wild. And he says, you know, they just go around the corner and release it. So he said, I had to tag it to make sure I'm getting my money's worth. And that guy keeps coming back and I have to be paying $75. And he said, my dad, he would not be calling an exterminator. He said, hmm, we got raccoons. 
Give me some bologna sandwiches. Give me some antifreeze. We're going to have antifreeze and bologna sandwiches. Next morning, oh dead birds, dead raccoons, just a just a, just a a pet cemetery out there. I was rolling. It was so good. I was, I was like, laughing so hard that I had to mute myself because I started coughing. Like, I laughed myself to coughing as you were sharing that. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. I, I mean, my whole body was shaking when I, I was laughing so hard. Oh, that's so good. Oh, so good. I, in fact, I missed some of the, the things he said afterward because I was not over the antifreeze bologna sandwiches. <laughs> Which, let's be real, it's, it's so genius. Brilliant. It's genius, yeah. It is. It's so oh. smart. And raccoons are no joke. Like, we had them at our old house in L.A., and it was no joke. I mean, they oh, come it's a, like, Is this an L.A. thing? Oh, no, it's probably an everything. No, no, but... it happened all the time in the South, too. We had raccoons and possums, sometimes bears. So it's like a whole thing. But Ugh. here in L.A., they're like freaking gangster raccoons. Like, they don't care. <laughs> they turn over those massive trash cans. They will fight you. Like, they're crazy. <laughs> so you really do have to come at them with some antifreeze energy. So I appreciate <laughs> that situation that you just shared. And in case it happens to me now that I'm back. Now you I know tag what that to sucker. do. Tag him. <laughs> and I have a lot of spray paint because I've been spray painting a lot of terracotta pots to put plants and herbs in lately. Oh, so, there you know, go. I'm ready. I'm ready for the raccoons. Thank you Oof. so much, Tiffany. <laughs> You're welcome. Courtesy of Sebastian. Don't remember his last name. Uh-huh. Secondly, I just well, have to say, right. well, raccoons scare the absolute bejeejee out of me. They should. One time I was at a SIP event. SIP is a women's gathering that I host here in the Pacific Northwest. And we were at a rose garden. And everybody brought a blanket. This is pre-COVID, y'all. I mean, significantly pre-COVID. Everybody bought a blanket and um, drinks to share and snacks and all that good stuff. And we're sitting and had a little devotional time. And then you got a chance to walk through the rose garden. I mean, it was such Mm. a beautiful, glorious night. And at the very end, I have um, the leftover drinks in like a big bin. And I'm walking to the car. And I'm just like, it's dark. Yeah, we've seen lots of squirrels and deer because we're in a huge park with a rose garden, of course, right? (laughs) In fact, this uh, park I'm referring to, it's called Point Defiance. It's the second biggest city park after Central Park. And it's in Tacoma. Wow. Yeah. And forgive me that I've never taken you there. Anyway, so I'm walking back to my car. You know I hate nature. It's fine. Oh, just get ready for the story then. Girl. Girl. There was a raccoon just hanging on my hood like he was waiting for me. No. Like, hey, girl. What's she no, doing? No, no, What's she doing after this? And I was just like, <gasps> and he was huge. And he got yes. up on his back haunches. And yep. I was just like, I, I literally said to myself, I don't know what to do. And everyone else, they're, yes. they parked farther away. So I had nobody with me and it was pitch black. And I'm like, this is not a great situation. So right. I started making loud noises, hoping that that would scare him off. But he ain't scared. He ain't scared at all. Of no, me. they're not and scared. And I had, I had bright, shiny stuff in my hands because I had a bright um, metal bin full of all these LaCroix, like bright drinks. And I'm just like, <sighs> <laughs> so I just put the... Like, I just kept clicking my lights on and off till he, he ran Look off. Look how sweet you are, because I would have had a LaCroix can in my hand. <laughs> what is on my car? I don't He's care. On. I guess I guess insurance will have to deal with that, but the raccoon's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Why? Well, what is this claim about? Well, a few nights ago. No, I can't. I didn't know what to do. I was just like, huh, how does one get out of this situation? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, now you know for next time strategy. Oh. Lights worked for you this time, but just yeah. in case, you just take it another level and hit him with LaCroix. <laughs> and he was so comfortable. I was like, how oh, are you yeah. And also, think about it. You're walking up to your car, and I, I walked up to the back of my car. 
And so he was just hanging on the front, didn't say nothing, just waiting See? for me to come around the corner. And I'm like, we are so close to each other, Mr. Wrecking. See, Reckon. this Way is why close. I don't do nature, and this is why oh, I don't do camping. Because just... that's why I'm in your turf. Like, I'm on your turf, okay? So, like, yeah. if we're about to have a little gang war here, I'm probably not going to win. Because no, this I'm is not. not my turf. This, this is not is my not home territory. No. These are not my people. And, like, I, I don't know what kind of whistles you can do and summon up all the animal energy. And so I got to get out of here. Like, this is, this is not for me and for those of you out there who love all of those things bless you i just don't I, I, guys why aren't you more scared when you're you should be like genuinely you should be i mean hindsight's 2020 now i wish i kind of would have had some mace but yes. you know what i'm gonna get hate mail about mace and a raccoon so you know what i'm gonna stop that train of thought. here we go here we go today, okay so what our episode people. is actually about today <laughs> today good people of the internet we would like to remember <laughs> RBG, the Supreme Court jurist, Ruth Bader yeah. Ginsburg, who so many women, all women, all men, have so much to be thankful for, for the advances she has made. Now, whether you agree with all of her stances, her political ideals, um, we encourage you to just sit those aside yeah. as we talk about the impact she made on women's equality mm -hmm. that has quite literally changed our nation yeah. over, I mean, really, since she was in college, which was in the mid-50s. So um, I first just want to talk about, if you don't know who that is, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, give you just a little snapshot of her life. Is that okay? Go for it. I'm ready. Okay, okay here we go. So she was from Brooklyn, and she graduated school at 15, right before, a couple days before her high school graduation, her mother passed away. Her mother was a huge influence in life. She was very close to her mama. Um, she grew up in a Jewish home, and she then went to Cornell, uh, graduated top of her class, and then applied to join the first uh, class of women at Harvard. And there's about 500 men and I believe nine women at Harvard that year. And if uh, memory serves me, it was the year 1954. Excuse hmm. me, 1956. And when she was there, she was asked, um, why, why do you think you deserve this spot over a man? You took up a, a spot for a man at Harvard. Why do hmm. you think you deserve that? And she, and in front of the dean and in front of these other women, looked at this dean and said, oh, so I can better serve him at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love it. It's too good. Queen of guys. shade. Queen of I shade. Mean, even back I love then. it. I love it. <laughs> um, she met the man of her dreams, Martin Ginsburg, and he was a year older at Harvard. And um, in her, a book written about her called Notorious RBG, which I highly recommend if you haven't read it, to read it. She, they just uh, the authors described their marriage and when he was asked about um what caught his eye what why did ruth catch his eye like what what really attracted him to her and he said it was her wit it was her brain it was her intellect mm. and it was just so beautiful to think for who she was and he could see who she was becoming and he was yeah. excited and they really had a very uh, gender egalitarian marriage before that was uh, more common um in the 50s in the 50s um, he fell sick to cancer, and so she was not only going to her classes at Harvard, but she was also going to his, taking notes, and then giving him all the notes at home and helping him um, prep and turning in assignments. And they also had a one-year-old during that time. So, Gosh. Um, yeah, and nothing like new marriage with a, with a husband who has cancer and a one-year-old. Yeah. And so 
Um, she was she just just tenacious, just tenacious, yeah. notorious, yes, but tenacious. Like just yes. got after it. Um, she knew what she wanted to do, and she was just so obedient to the call that she had placed on her, which was to further women's equality. Now, after yeah. college, she um, applied to so many jobs in New York. Her husband had a job in New York City at a law firm. And so her last year, actually, she didn't graduate from Harvard. She transferred to Columbia. She tried to get um, Harvard to let her audit Columbia's classes, but still have a Harvard degree. And they said no. So she graduated top of her class at Columbia. She tied for first and um, couldn't get a job. So then she decided to teach. She was a <laughs> law professor at Rutgers and what um, was led a huge initiative uh, at the ACLU for women's rights. And then eventually she, um, as she taught and as she practiced law, she went before um, so many different courts. But I love to think about her, one of her first court cases, which if you've watched on the basis of sex that de- depicts it um, quite well, it was proving, she said, I can't advance the women's rights until we see how it also enables men to suffer. And so she brought this case that was inadvertently punishing men who are carers. Right. Who are caregivers. Yep. And who didn't have um, the means and the resources and the and the pay to be carers for their um, elderly parents. Yeah. And so she argued this case that this man deserves the same uh, pay and, and that any woman would have if she was a carer. And so by using men in many of her examples and many of her court cases, she was able to show how nobody wins when yeah. we penalize or interpret the law to hold one gender over the other. Literally nobody wins. I love nobody. what you just shared. And it's so beautiful to think about. Like, yeah, we do often separate the struggles in justice movements where it's like, okay, well, this is for women. And it's like, no, you miss out on what men are missing out too when there's not equality. And men are missing out on opportunities too when there is not justice. And so it's beautiful to think about her never, her really owning the gender inequalities yeah. <laughs> both directions and really making yeah. the decision to go, no, equality and equity is for all of us. And we need yeah. to create a firm legal path to get it. I love yeah. her and respect her so much. Isn't it, isn't it crazy? She, Ashley, she participated in 300 sex discrimination cases yes. and six of which went before the all-male Supreme Court, yes. five of which she won. Yes. And then, of course, we know in 1993 when she was appointed by then-President Bill Clinton to the Supreme Court and served 27 years. And that's yeah. how many of her, many of us know her and have heard of her. But just this um, beautiful marriage, married to the man of her dreams and just so in love, so <laughs> in love. When she was asked 10 years after um, her husband had passed due to cancer, she said, I miss him every day. I think about hmm. him every day. She's like, it really was as good as you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just is so beautiful. <laughs> just this marriage that yeah. they really believed in each other, encouraged each other. So one of the things that really sticks out to me, even just thinking of the fact that she participated in 300 discrimination cases, is just this commitment to the long game. Not like, hey, this gets hard. This feels like a losing battle. But just a commitment to chip away at the inequality, yeah, knowing that it wasn't going to be, you know, one thing that changes everything. She knew that change takes time, 
And she wanted yep. to attack it by going after the law, which I am so I so admire. But knowing yes. that you know there's no overnight anything. This is going to yeah. take time and yes. to get after it and roll up your sleeves. Yes, I love that. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Mm. And so, uh, you know, some of that I think gets lost on our generation and the generations coming after us, that it does take a full lifetime to make a difference. It takes a life. It takes a whole life sown in the ground to actually see the true harvest and the true fruit of freedom and the true fruit of justice. And I love that about her too. And I have enjoyed going back and looking at her cases this week and really just thinking Mm. about all that she's done for women and all that she's done for our society. And I was thinking about even just I can go to the bank and sign a check and receive money without my husband present because of RBG. And so I just think about even the smallest things that we take for granted. Some of us can't even imagine a time where it wasn't possible for you to be able to access your money in a marriage. Like many of us can't even know what that's like. Buy a house. Correct. Buy a house. Exactly. All of it. And all of that is because of RBG. And I feel so grateful. And it reminds me of just the the bird by bird. You know, I love Anne Lamott, Mm. one of my favorite writers, and her book Bird by Bird. And she tells this great story about her brother. And he's trying to do a project the very last minute the night before and he's really struggling and it's about birds and so then when he asks like how am I going to complete this they're like just take it bird by bird and I feel like that is so true of Ruth's life you know she just did the thing that was in front of her whether it was going to her husband's classes because he had cancer but they both needed to finish school whether it's raising her babies whether it is you know being a lawyer and just case after case after case after case and then a very real opportunity coming up for her to sit um, as a female Supreme Court justice, and we haven't had that many in the history of America. So that in and of itself is humongous. And so just to think about like life is bird by bird. And sometimes we want to bite it off all at the same time. Or if we don't see fruit of our labor for a very long time, we become frustrated, we want to quit, we want to give up. We think maybe it's, it's hopeless, it's not possible, or perhaps we start to feel a little helpless. And it's just that reminder that like today is a day, (laughs) tomorrow will come. And I just need to take things bird by bird. And I, I really do love that about RBG's life. It's so evident and I think about just like sowing a seed in the ground um you know there's a a scripture in Matthew that talks about how unless a seed of wheat falls down to the ground and dies it will bear no harvest but if it falls down in the ground and dies then it will it will be very fruitful it will bring a full harvest and so sometimes like to sow your whole life Mm -hmm. into a work to sow your whole life into the ground and I think that is this is the life that did that like you get to the end of it and you're like man she spent it all. <laughs> yeah. She sp- yeah, didn't she though? Just yeah. a life well lived. Yes. Uh, just the yes. sheer volume of her work and yes. impact. One other thing, I love that we bo- we mentioned both uh being able to open a bank account, access credit cards, get a loan, um buy a house. Yep. So much of that we owe to RBG, but also she was the leader in making uh sure that pregnancy wasn't yes. discriminated against. Yep. How, women were getting fired for being pregnant, yep. y'all. Like I, we, yep. the majority of our listeners, we know you're 45 and under, and that seems mm-hmm. you know wild to us. But that was the reality, and there was no mm-hmm. uh, redress for your issue if that was the case. And to know that she changed that, I mean, that is just outrageous. And and first of all, you know, it's outrageous to think that that was ever allowed, right? And then you're like, oh my goodness, this woman was like, hey, this may be the norm, but this is this is unlawful. This is totally. unlawful. This needs to be unlawful. Yes. 
And I'm yeah. so thankful because I've experienced that. Like I remember getting pregnant with my first baby and coming back and having a completely different job. So nobody let me go, but they changed my whole job while I was gone. And I think that women are still facing these things, but at least it's illegal. <laughs> it's yeah. actually illegal yeah. <laughs> for you to let me go, for you to discriminate against me. Like yeah. I think that that's huge because women are still experiencing that. And it is very hard to be a mother and work also for many women. And so I'm thankful that she's laid the groundwork and prayerfully more to come. <laughs> <laughs> because of her good work, you know, around yeah. maternity leave, all the things that we still need in order for women to flourish. But gosh, yep. I'm so grateful. So grateful. So grateful. Another thing that uh, I am very blessed by, and we've all heard this quote that women belong in all spaces where decisions yeah. are being made. Famous, famous words. We've seen it on prints. We've seen it on mugs. We've seen it on t-shirts. Instagram. We've seen it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she really meant that. She meant that, you know, she, she once said yeah. that it would be um, it would be a disservice if women only joined women's organizations and just yes. stayed in their lane. She's like, we have got to engage men, number yes. one, because it's a benefit to all, right? It's a benefit yep. to both of us. And number two, if women want to ac- access power and make an impact and influence for the good, they have to access the levers. That's yes. what she said. They have to it's access good. the levers of power. And she had more than influence. She truly had power. And I think that's why we we, we mourn her for many reasons. Um, but the idea that we, we all have influence, especially in the digital age, but not yeah. all of us have power in a way that we see in rbg obviously as a supreme court justice we all have power in one way or another but that the power on the highest court of the land it's just like my grace you you really see the difference between influence and power um in a moment like this and when you can make decisions and i i felt like walking away from this past weekend um may I consistently make decisions for the good of all. May I consistently, with whatever power I have, because we all have power, y'all, in some way, shape, or form, can I wield that for the good? Can I be um, thoughtful in who it impacts? Each and every person that my words, that my ideas, uh, that my parenting, that my work, whoever it impacts, may it be an encouragement and invite all to justice. May it invite all to liberty. Yeah. Gosh, how beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Tiff. What a life. What a life. RBG, we love her. And just the impact that she's had on so many of us. I think that I would like to grow. Something I've been thinking about this week after her passing is I really want to grow in the things that I take for granted. Like what what is it that people have really laid the groundwork for? Like obviously there's big rocks like Mm -hmm. voting. You know, without the women's struggle, there's no way I would be voting. If it wasn't right. for RBG, what could I do outside of my marriage? I would own no property. I would be, I have no rights really still. Like there's a right. million things. But Pay what are discrimination, the things I'm currently? All of it. All of it, yeah, right. which is still happening, frankly. But yes, but yes not as bad as it was, I guess. Um, yeah. But I do, I want to grow in that. Like what am I taking for granted that I'm missing? Yeah. And am I valuing people's lives and their investment in the way that needs to be valued so that I can keep moving forward with great strength, honoring the past, and at the same time still focusing forward on the future? I want to be able to do that. And RBG is one of those people that makes me really want to, you know, sink my feet in the ground and go, what else do I have that I just take for granted? What else belongs to me because someone else fought to give it to me? And I really have been thinking a lot about that this week. Yeah, that's beautiful. What has somebody else fought for that you can walk in and and operate in that wouldn't be there otherwise? Uh, What a beautiful question to pose to us all. Mm, Amen, amen. 
Well, Wado listeners, I pray that we would all choose a life that is one of impact, one of compassion, one of gratitude, one of tenacity. And just a reminder, y'all, October 1, (laughs) we are gonna throw down. It is October 1. October 1. It is. I'm wondering if it's October 2nd, but no, October 1. Anniversary, birthday party. To be with you. I know, I keep keep using those both anniversary and birthday, but I like the idea of being Mm -hmm. a toddler. So (laughs) we're gonna go back. I mean, they just eat cake and they're just in bliss. It's beautiful. So we're gonna have some giveaways. We're gonna have so, so, so much fun. You can sign up to hang with us 5 p.m. PST, 8 p.m. EST, 1 a.m. UK. So sorry, guys. We love you so much. But you want to know what? It's okay because if you stay up, we're going to make it worth your time. Yeah. Also, if you're just sleepless that night, come join us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's going to be a really fun party. And we'll it's put the link good. in the show notes so that you guys can sign up. Some of you already signed up. We're really excited to have our listeners with us, to see your faces over Zoom. All mm-hmm. these folks who have been tuning in for two years now. We are yeah. very excited to make a tangible connection with you. So we cannot wait. And I promise you it'll be great. A great hour of your time. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope you win some presents. That's what yeah. I hope for you. <laughs> presents are great. Come on now. It just, you know. A $3 candle even just cheers me up. Just a yeah, nice little absolutely. present to myself, present to you. It's going to be so good. We're going to make Agreed. it rain. <laughs> nice thoughts and compliments. Yes. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in for another week of Why Though. See you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners. Remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.